Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Are Maroon and Dolly podcast featuring me, Chandler Ellsbecker. And me, Aaron Williams. Aaron, I, uh, I had some bad news last week to open the podcast um, regarding how much I like uh, candy corn at this stage. Yes. In my life. And um, the thing is, I couldn't just throw away the bag. You know, that'd be wasteful. Can't. That's it's harming the earth. Well... <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things I do in the name of not harming the earth, but also like, I don't remember how much it cost, four or five dollars, something like that, to get a bag of candy corn, but mm. like, it's a big enough bag where like, you know, might as well just keep it around. If it's still here in a month because I don't like it, then I guess toss it, but might as well give it another shot. And, and it turns out, I do still like candy corn. That's good to hear, in a way. I I think I just, um, I was eating it too quickly. I think it's a, it's not one of those things that you can just throw down, I think. You need small quantities. You need need to kind of let it sit in your mouth. You don't just keep devouring it until it's all gone, I guess. Still like the flavor, and, and that's what I got out of it, so... Crisis averted. New crisis, of course, is that I made brownies last week and have a bag of candy corn in my pantry right now, and uh, they got to go somewhere. Oh. Or the media, call the cops. Or don't. You were in Chicago this last weekend. How was that? Uh, Chicago was great. Chicago was great. I I didn't realize, um, so I went to see Trey from Fish play at the Chicago Theater, which is downtown. Which is great. I didn't realize, like, I knew it was Halloween weekend and that I was staying in Wrigleyville, but I don't think I put those two things together, like, in that it was completely insane and downtown was even more insane. And there was literally the, the right as right at seven o'clock. I don't know who planned it like this, but the show was supposed to start at 730. So I get there at about 720 and there's just a parade. The whole Chicago Halloween parade is marching by the Chicago theater So you have the mix of like all the people outside and all the people trying to get in and you don't know who's who. And it didn't end up being that bad as far as like timing. I didn't wait in a long line or anything, but it was it was hectic. It was hectic. But show was good. The the hostel I stayed in was a hostel that I stayed in. And I ate in Chinatown, although it was very disappointing. I had a long or short string of events that led me to have to, I had to uh, take a later flight than I had originally wanted to. So I uh, missed most of the Gopher game and missed a lot of what I wanted to do in Chicago. Part of which was watching the Gopher game at a Gopher bar. Um, but yeah, I missed, uh, missed out on a few of the things that I had wanted to do. So that was disappointing, but you know, Chinatown, some shred guitar, you know, it's a good weekend for me. I like it. Well, if it's any consolation, I was actually in the stadium on Saturday and don't <laughs> know. What was that? That it wasn't better. No, it was. Uh, I mean, it's a 31 nothing win. So, like, how much can we really complain? But also, there's not really an equivalent, I think, in another sport. I guess it was kind of like watching UVA basketball a bit. Or, you know, the, the comparison I was trying to come up with is a soccer one where you want, but those are teams that like, they do the opposite of what the Gophers do. They're really a boring soccer teams is they, they let the other team have the ball and they defend and they have 10 men in their own penalty area for 
80 minutes and occasionally they go on a counterattack. Whereas this was just keeping the ball. We're going to hand it off to your, your star running back for uh, about four yards. And then you're going to keep doing that. You're not going to throw more than 10 yards downfield because that's too risky. And sometimes it'll work. And then when the other team has the ball, they're bad. So nothing happens. This was up there with uh, last year's Northwestern game, probably in, in terms of the most boring football games I've ever attended. <laughs> yeah, it seemed, it seemed dreadful from afar. Right when I saw that first, when I saw that stat line on the first drive, whatever, 19 plays for 99 yards in 10 minutes, I was like, man, this is this is not going to be, this is not pretty. I mean, I, I don't mind the 99-yard, 10-and-a-half-minute drive. That That's actually, I liked that. It's quick. Um, you know, no one took a timeout then. There weren't a whole lot of penalties. And, like, it's good to be able to see your team move the ball consistently. That's always good. It's something yeah. we've, you know, we have not seen from the Dofers a whole lot uh, the last few weeks where they've gone up against good defenses, and Rutgers has a good defense, especially good run defense. And they were able to keep moving the ball to, again, 99 yards. Next drive was 86 yards. Um, so things started off, I think, pretty well. It's just two things kind of went against the uh, the whole entertainment part of part of things. Is is one um, is one capitalism. Capitalism got in the way. <laughs> you know, there was always going to be a debt to pay for that 10 and a half minute drive with a commercial break only for the end of the quarter. They were going to make up that time somehow. Mm -hmm. uh, and they did it to the fullest effect. Um, and then the second thing is the Gophers didn't really deviate from that plan. And there were varying degrees of effectiveness with that plan where they had to punt a few times. They got a couple holding calls that shut down a couple drives. And like I said, the passing game just it, they didn't bother going deep. Kirk Chiraka said today that he had a couple plays called that they had to check out of where they were going to take a shot, but just the look wasn't there. But that's kind of it. Morgan threw one pass that traveled 21 yards, another pass that traveled some of the effective like 18 yards. That's as far downfield as he ever went. It's just, it's a bit dull when there aren't any big plays, you know? Uh, and that's just a little... A little difficult to sit through, especially when you have so many stoppages in the second half. The third quarter, how, how, as quick as the first quarter was, the third quarter was interminable. Um, I have no idea how this game took over three hours. So, um, But it is a win with some positives. Muhammad Ibrahim is your all-time touchdowns leader, regardless of position, regardless of type of touchdown in Dofer's history. Um, he has surpassed Ezekiel Elliott in terms of consecutive 100-yard games. I don't know why Ezekiel Elliott is the benchmark here. I guess it's just the most recent one where it's a kind of a long streak. And uh, he is up to, well, I don't remember his career yardage mark at this point, but he's... 20th in Big Ten history, right? He's, he's pretty high up there. He's about... I think he's around number five in program history, and obviously the guys he's behind are some really, really good running backs um, like Daryl Thompson, and I think Lawrence Maroney would be right in front of him right now, maybe a game or two away from surpassing him. So 
Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, he's good. Yes, he's he's very good. He's very good. And I would argue, actually, with Mo, I feel like the thing about Mo that's interesting is that, like, I feel like if you take, like, just, like, his seasons that he's had, and if you think about it, he wasn't playing all that much initially as a freshman. As a sophomore, he split carries. He obviously had the injury year. Um, and obviously he popped off in the year that, you know, was shortened, <laughs> you know, and he's kind of popping off again this year. So he's had kind of two normal years than other years that have been much less normal. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it just feels, feels almost even more impressive than me than the, than the top line numbers would suggest. Does that make sense? There's that year that he split. I don't know if I mentioned the year that he split carries with Rodney and Shannon as well. Yeah. He was the, the team's leading rusher in 2018, but, um, only you know 202 carries that's a significant amount but that's not like a full load uh in 2019 he had 114 carries which was second on the team but rodney smith had exactly double that and shannon brooks had 73 carries he was not the number one option and it was you know it it was kind of neat when we started to see him contribute uh like in the bowl game that year because he he was not the most important player on the offense and to to see him you know try to pick up on where he left off as a freshman after not receiving just a ton of carries as a sophomore um he was uh he was a good complimentary piece to have it seemed um and in, in fact the so the the number of carries he had as a freshman is this is almost exactly the same number of carries he had in the covid year so like like you said, just not the biggest workload, and he's already uh coming up on four thousand career yards. Yeah. Yeah, and some of those other backs, I mean the Big Ten, I mean, you know, I mean I think number one is still Justin Jackson, who just right, who just carried the load for Northwestern for like four or four like what felt like four to ten years, you know. Uh Justin Jackson finished at fifty four hundred uh and 40 yards so so yeah um yeah uh, i i don't know what to say that hasn't been said about muhammad ibrahim he's he's the best go for running back i've watched obviously a pretty small sample just going back to david cobb see if you've seen good ones though i mean even even in the lean years we've had good running backs it's always been a hallmark of the program yeah um going going back to the 80s with thompson and you know um marion the first uh, you know, there have been some really good tailbacks come through this program. And uh, or I guess it would be Mary in the second, actually. Um, there, there's some really good tailbacks to come through this program. And um, he's also just got a very unique skill set, you know, where he, he doesn't have that breakaway speed and he's not tall or anything, but he's nevertheless built like a tank. He'll run you over, he'll push you over, and he falls forward all the time. But he, he he's not only just like this kind of Mike Tolbert, Mike Allstott type figure. Like he's he's got exceptional vision. He's got great burst. He's got great agility. Like he's, you know, it, speed is a really big deal as a running back. But like the only thing he's missing in the toolbox is top end speed. Yeah. He's, he's just a phenomenal watch, even if the style of play his team has chosen um, is a bit like watching a, a, a hippo fight another hippo from time to time. So were there any other takeaways from the game? I know you said you didn't have the most full uh, viewing experience. 
Yeah, I barely bar- was a ba- barely able to watch because of my plane. Um, so not not really not really anything to add. Um, the next game the Drophers have is at Nebraska. It's a Nebraska team that has at times looked better. Gave Purdue a pretty good fight a few weeks ago. They have won two games under Mickey Joseph, but those two games were under Indiana and Rutgers. The Rutgers win was by only one point, and that was with a healthy Casey Thompson, which doesn't necessarily look like Nebraska will have this weekend. Thompson got hurt uh, against Illinois, where uh, he had a a ball tipped at the line, ended up being caught for an interception, but he kind of hit his arm on... I don't remember if it was his own lineman or the defender, and uh, he couldn't really feel his elbow, um, which is a bit of a problem. So he is, according to Joseph, on Tuesday day-to-day, but reports say that Thompson did not practice on Tuesday. So he is a question. If he does play, he's not in a mobile quarterback or anything, but that under uh, under Mark Whipple, Nebraska's kind of just abandoned the quarterback run game entirely. Um, Thompson is up to just 21 carries on the year, when, and obviously with Martinez, they ran the ball a ton. Thompson is theoretically mobile, right? Too? Yeah, I think he's done pretty well when running. Um, I, he's, he's no blazer or anything, but like I, I would put him as a um, at least an equal and probably better runner compared to Tanner Morgan. But they just haven't done it. And uh, in, in the pocket, he's been kind of inconsistent. 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He's been sacked 19 times, which is as many times as he was sacked in his entire Texas career. But if he doesn't play, it's going to be a pick between Logan Smothers, who uh, before this past Saturday had two snaps all year, one of which was a run near the end of the Northwestern game where they tried quarterback run exactly once and never again, uh, even though like you've got this potential weapon in your, your pocket. There's a reason Scott Frost was fired. But he came in as the first quarterback against Illinois this past weekend, but quickly left because when he came in, it was a four-point game. And the next time Nebraska got the ball, Purdue was up another possession. So they turned to Chubba Purdy, the... Florida State transfer, the brother of Brock Purdy, who is uh, not a horrible runner by any stretch, but he is more the uh, the, the drop back guy of the two, as much as you can say that. Um, 10 of 20 so far this year, 50 yards, two interceptions, three sacks, no touchdowns. Joseph, when, uh, when, when talking about Purdy in his press conference this week, said um, a lot of things that did not speak super well to Purdy's confidence and his ability to kind of deal with game situations. Although, in fairness, the last time he saw him, um, he was doing up against one of the best defenses in the country on very short notice. So um, there's a chance that he looks better with a bit more preparation and, uh, you know, maybe less of a... uh, fire drill type situation but the truth is he hasn't looked very good so far and we just flat out don't know what we're going to get if smothers plays other than they're probably going to run a bit more option and uh that's that's kind of where we are at quarterback this this we'll get to the projections later but the spread right now is 16 points which is pretty far from what the computers estimate and i would bet the majority of that is 
the questions over where Thompson is. Mm-hmm. Complimenting the quarterback, whoever it is, you have Anthony Grant, who's obviously one of the better running backs in the Big Ten West. Uh, he plays a bit taller than his 5'11 frame, but um, that can mean both good ways and bad. I think more good than bad. He's got great balance and power. Um, he's got good speed, but he does not have a great turning radius. Feels like he should have more explosive runs than he does, but he he doesn't make guys miss a whole lot. Uh, only six rushing touchdowns on the year, but he's up to 743 rushing yards. They will get him the ball as a receiver out of the backfield. Very rarely will you see Jaquesian or Dave Irvin Jr., but they are also going to feature at least a small bit. Uh, I do like the pass catchers on this team, though. Trey Palmer, the slot receiver out of LSU, returns punts, sometimes returns kickoffs. He he looks great. He he gets the ball at all levels of the field. All of his touchdowns so far, according to PFF, have been on targets of 20-plus yards. He's up to 782 receiving yards. He's gotten a few carries this year, not a ton, but that's something to look out for. Uh, he can do it all for them. He is a very, very sharp receiver. Um, and he's complimented by a couple guys I, I think are pretty solid. And Marcus Washington, another Texas transfer, along with Thompson. Um, and the tight end, Travis Vokalek, who uh, is not really a deep threat or anything, but he's very capable as a receiver. Looked really good against Northwestern. Got only 17 catches on the year, but he was a hurt for a couple of games, I believe. Um, so I, I do think they have some weapons. What they don't have is an offensive line. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it's a team that that on paper, just looking at their skill position players and their quarterback and even their output, you're like, they should be they should be a lot better than they are. But as you're saying, or as you were saying. Yeah, I mean, this has been a, a thing for a while with them where last year I thought they were pretty good offensively, but just they, they didn't have blockers. Um and, and here, you know, they've, they've got a lot of experience. The Lakeville North product, Bryce Benhart, has been around for a while. Trent Hickson has been around for a while. Turner Corcoran and Ethan Piper on the left side. They've got more than a season's worth of starts, each of them. But they just, they haven't looked particularly good. Their sack rate is quite high. They haven't been able to create enough space for big plays. And they're, they've been very middling in short yarded situations. This this is not a train wreck like previous years on the offensive line, but it's not very good. Right now, they're also down their right guard, Brock Bando, who uh, is um, not sure what the injury is, but he is out. Uh, and a redshirt freshman, Henry Lutovsky, has been starting in his place the last couple of games. So there is a bit of weakness to exploit here. So I think the big thing against this offense is you got to defend against the big play, not necessarily against the run, but they do have the guys in the passing game between Palmer and uh, I, I would say Oliver Martin has gotten a few opportunities, 180 yards on just nine catches, uh, pretty formidable total there. Um, if Smothers is your starting quarterback, you've done pretty well against the option under Joe Rossi, but um, you know that is something that you will have to game plan for here. Uh, and then Purdy, I'm not terribly concerned about, but whoever plays quarterback, I think you've got to be able to get to the passer. Yeah, you, you haven't really, even against Rutgers, been able to do that as consistently as you would like. Um, and hopefully, this is the kind of game where you can exploit what they 
the, the problems that they have on their offensive line. Defensively, uh, problems up front as well. They play a 3-4, but they're pretty light. Um, interim defensive coordinator is Bill Bush, by the way. Mickey Joseph fired Eric Schnander after the fourth game. Um, looking at their defensive line, Garrett Nelson is a pretty solid player on the edge. Um, and uh, O'Shawn Mathis had a pretty good year at TCU uh, a couple years ago, but he hasn't been quite as effective as a Husker. Um, but Nelson is 245. Mathis is 260. Ty Robinson, their tackle is 310. That's a normal size Big Ten lineman. But then they've got Colton Feist at 275. They got Devin Drew, a tech transfer at 275. Um, they're pretty light on the line. You're probably going to see a bit more of their bigger nose tackles, uh, Stefan Wynn and Nash Hutmacher, um, or Hutmacher. Um, but their linebackers are also quite light. Every one of them is less than 230 pounds. Um, Nick Henrich, who's been around for a long while, he is out for the season after a knee injury against Purdue. Um, Luke Reimer is a pretty solid player, but he's at 225. Chris uh, Kolarovic is at 225. Caleb Tanner, who's kind of their hybrid Sam linebacker edge player on the other side of uh, on the other side of Nelson, he's only 220 pounds. Um, this is a team that has struggled against the run this year, and you can see why, because they just don't have the bodies. Uh, very, they, they rank 111th in non-sack yards per carry, um, and they rank 110th in rushing success rate allowed. Um, this is a, a team that does not really put you behind schedule and uh, will let you run the ball pretty well, which we're, we're going to briefly touch on the secondary. But the short of it is this is kind of the type of matchup that the Gophers already made for. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. Again, just the strength, the, the, the strength running and in your, 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 I guess, theoretical superiority in the trenches lead, lend itself to be a good matchup. I mean, just a a huge size size um, advantage with um, with Schmitz and Filianga and Ursary. Just you've you've got so much size up front um, that I I think you should be able to run right through this team. This is a, a defense that's had a lot of problems. There's a reason they fired Chenander, um, and uh, and and the biggest problem is just they don't have the guys in the box and they can't stop the run in the back. They uh, they have a bit of pressure on them because Dusters can't really um, sack opposing quarterbacks either, and they've kind of had to play a bit back to prevent big plays, which has allowed a lot of completions, 63% um, completion rate allowed, but only 32 yards per completion. They, uh, they don't allow a whole lot of big plays. Their safeties, Miles Farmer and Marquise Buford, have had a lot to do. Those two and Isaac Gifford, the nickelback, are the three leaders on the team in tackles. Cornerback Quentin Newsom has some experience, but on the other side, they've been starting a true freshman, Malcolm Hartsog, because the guy they had starting before, Tommy Hill, after five games, converted to receiver. So that's how they felt about the position. I think you'll be able to 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 do your job throwing the ball enough. I think you need to do that in order to keep this team honest because as much as you should have the advantage on the line of scrimmage, 
you always have to be able to complement your run game with a uh, even a modicum of a passing game. So um, run the ball, but um, but remember to have a little bit more balance than you've had in prior weeks. And have a little fun while you're at it. Please. Maybe a more fun balance attack will be maybe maybe that's just what the doctor ordered. I don't know. As simple as that sounds. Projections right now. I mentioned the spread at 16 points. FPI 72% chance minus 77% Minnesota uh, wins. SP plus 72%. FEI goes all the way up to 89% chance of a Minnesota win. Massey uh, among the usual projections uh, has it at the lowest. Mark that I could find 68%. Um, of course, none of these take into account the quarterback situation for Nebraska. Um, you and I, we're humans. We can do that. Um, what would you think the store with Thompson would be, and what do you think it would be without him? In the you know, with with him, they they scare me. They do. Um, they scare me every year because they're always they all through the last several years they've always been more talented than their than their record suggests, you know, they all, they've always felt like they should be more competitive than they are. Uh, but usually we've ended up beating them. Um, but I'd say with Thompson, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say we'd probably win 30 to 24 or something. Just call it that without him, like without him, maybe win, you know, 35 to 17. Does that, does that sound reasonable? Yeah, I've got uh, 27-17 with Thompson, 31-10 with, without him. Um, I I don't think they have a good enough backup, but I, I, I think fairly well of, of Casey Thompson. I don't think he's a world beater or anything, but you, you could do a lot worse than him. And if not they have... It's not the draw. He, he's not no eventual, that's correct. Um, he... Uh, he, he's got some talent, a bit of inconsistency, not always the best decision making, but, um, you know, I, I think he's a pretty solid quarterback and he's got some pretty solid weapons. And uh, if those two are put together, then they should be able to make some plays. But the backups bear a very large burden of proof that they'll be able to hold it up. Your weather forecast, it'll be in the early 40s, rising to the low 50s by uh, the end of the game. Chance of rain, especially in the early going, somewhat windy, not particularly around 10 miles per hour. It's an 11 o'clock kickoff on ESPN2, and Anish Shroff and Brock Osweiler will be on the call. There are a handful of Big Ten games happening this weekend other than that. I must confess, I'm not terribly impressed by any of them. No, no. It's I think nationally there's a few really good games, and then I don't think there's as much sort of depth here this week. But in the Big Ten, yeah, I don't think any of – and none of these are – I mean, the, th- the, the three kind of mid-tier games seem like they have the most potential to be competitive – but there's a lot of games here, like a lot, even more than usual, that you just seem like they're just going to be one lopsided. Yeah, uh, so we, we've got in the latter category, Ohio State Northwestern, um, 11 o'clock on ABC. I have no idea why we are putting a ritual sacrifice like this on ABC. Yeah. Um, Michigan Rutgers at 630 on BTN. And then, oh yeah, after Ohio State Northwestern on ABC is Penn State, Indiana. 
um like what what are we doing here yeah uh but i agree the other games iowa purdue potential 11 o'clock on fs1 maryland wisconsin also potential 11 o'clock on btn and then the 230 btn game michigan state illinois i'm not gonna... potential i don't think it'll be good but it has a better chance than some of those other games yeah, there are a lot of games I would watch before that in this window and will watch instead in this window. But, uh, you know, depending on whether Michigan State is completely falling apart uh, right now, maybe Tommy DeVito will run rampant because everyone runs rampant when they play that secondary. But uh, I, I think there's a non-zero chance that it's at least compelling for a half. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. What do you want to watch other than Tennessee, Georgia this weekend? Yeah, it's just a glow hanging fruit. Yeah, that's going to be a great game or could be a great game. I don't know. We'll see. Georgia might be really good. Um, so Thursday night, um, I think the obvious answer here, and I unfortunately won't be able to watch, but App State at Coastal Carolina. Um, App State has been a little weird, but uh, this game should be or has great potential to be fantastic. Just two very good teams in that conference. Uh, I don't think Oregon State Washington will be great on Friday, but uh, you know, shout out to the Beavers for you know breaking the top 25. That's huge for them, really. Um, they're having a good year. After that, I would say I'm I'm Virginia has just been infinitely disappointing this year, um, but you know somehow if their quarterback if Armstrong refines his 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 stride from last year, which I don't think will happen. That game against North Carolina could be sneaky. Um, Kentucky at Mizzou doesn't look great. Ford and AM seem to both be in free fall. Uh, let's see what else we got here. There's a few games later in the day. Syracuse at Pittsburgh could be competitive. Syracuse dropped their last few, but they're still a pretty good team, I think. Wake, whatever happened to Wake in the third quarter on Saturday happened. Uh, but Wake at NC State, those are even without, it was probably a more, well, was certainly a more compelling game with Leary uh, playing for uh, NC State. But those are two fun teams. Uh, I think that could be all right. I don't expect LSU to play as close to Alabama as the polls suggest, but uh, that's a top 10 matchup. So, you know, got at least nod to it. I'd like to highlight James Madison, Louisville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisville all of a sudden, as as aforementioned. Uh, but yeah, James Madison obviously just kind of cruising right now, right? Yeah, they've had a really good year. They they're not perfect right now, but they've they've been quite quite solid. Uh, three and two in a very difficult Sun Belt. They have lost their last two to Marshall and Georgia Southern, but wins over App. MTSU has been pretty solid this year yeah. by Conference USA standards, and James Madison beat them 44 to 7 in week one. So, um, you know, I, 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 this is a worthwhile game watching, partly because I have no idea how this is happening with, with the, uh, the Scott Satterfield tenure. I mean, they opened the year losing by 24 to Syracuse, and it doesn't they, look as bad as it did it doesn't but then they uh on october 1st lost by one to boston college that, that still looks bad that still looks really bad it's just been a really weird sort of schizophrenic thing where uh 
maybe Scott Satterfield is fired. Maybe he isn't. Um, either way, they seem like not the worst team in the world, and they'll be going up against a team that has done pretty solid in their first season of FBS play. Yeah. Texas and K-State. Yeah. Just blocking FS1. That I will probably be paying a good amount of attention to. Other than that, I think you hit most of the interesting ones. Maybe Oklahoma State, Kansas, but I'm not turning that on unless Tennessee, Georgia, it turns out to suck. Same with Baylor, Oklahoma, and and a couple big sky games that are worth paying attention to. It's so good this year, man. It's just, it's it's crazy. It's always good, but it seems really good this year. Yeah, in the um, in the FCS edition of the uh, of, of Bill Connolly's SP Plus rankings, I think the top three teams are all big sky teams right now, or at least they were a week ago. So. Uh, it's a very, very difficult conference, and uh, they've got a few more of their heavyweights going up against each other this weekend. Eastern Washington and Idaho and Sacramento at Weber, Sacramento State and Weber State, both 2 o'clock games uh, that you know might be worth watching uh, in the fourth quarter of the Gophers game if it's not close. Um, but other than that, I got nothing. It's, it's not the best week in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll be in Matt. Uh, excuse me. I'll be in Lincoln this weekend. Um, it'll be my first time at Memorial Stadium. First time in the state of Nebraska. Um, I hear so. great things. <laughs> <laughs> I hear Nebraska fans are the nicest people in the world, at the very least. Which you know that counts for something. Um, but I, I guess I do have to have a runza before I leave the state. But that's kind of my my only sort of checking of of a box. I I I watched the movie Nebraska for the first time a few months ago. It's pretty good. Do you listen to the album Nebraska? I've not listened to the album Nebraska. I'm sorry, sorry, might, sorry, Bruce. Might be a road trip thing, but then again, it is not not a road trip album. In in what way is it too like melancholy? It's it's all it's the 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 thing about it is it's basically demos. It's very acoustic, um, so it's all very. It's not all super melancholy. A lot of it is, um, but it's just really great songs. But it's really stripped down. It's basically just him, and so it's not like a. It's kind of dark night of the soul almost, if that makes sense. It's not like a big. It's not the river or, or born or, you know born to run or something where it's big and you know Clarence Clemens saxophone solos and and you know buoyant uh, buoyant guitar guitar work and stuff. So. Well, that all makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't plan on listening to that on the road. I uh, I've got a playlist, but I also got to fit in an album or two. I've, I've I've gone through two spins of the new Trampled by Turtles record. Nice. So. Have you gotten around to that? Yeah, yeah, I have. I have. I, it, it's it's been a, a hot topic of conversation in the group chat. So it's uh, yeah, I, well, I like some of it. It's and we'll talk more about it probably later. But uh, I have have listened, and there are definitely definitely some keepers. I concur, at least at this early stage. But is there anything else we need to mention before we get out of here? This has not been as long as I was expecting. So. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I do just want to say that Georgia and Tennessee, I worry that Georgia is just too good. Uh, but, you know, anytime you get basically 
one versus two or a consensus top three game matchup. You know, you got to love it in the regular season. You really, really got to love it. Yeah. And uh, was this game in Athens, right? Uh, I don't know. I was just wondering about that. I was just wondering. That uh, was... Yes, it's in Athens. Okay. Which is a, a great town, by the way. I really liked the short amount of time I got to spend in Athens this past uh, March. But um, should be really great. Some some peak college football if everything goes right. Absolutely. Well, everyone have a good weekend, and hopefully when we are talking next, the Dwarfers are bowl eligible, and they will have thrown the ball farther than 10 yards downfield. Yeah, one, one can, a man can dream. A man can dream. Uh, see you, everyone. See you.